it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bull season time. I don't have a bull gift up here, but do you know what the bull gifts are? Because I haven't looked at all. Because it's usually kind of... Seems to be less and less. Like, here's a gift card to go shopping, right? I haven't actually seen like any power rankings or anything like that. We're a sports business journal when we need them twice a year. TV media right deals, media rights deals, the bulk gifts. I know it's disappointing, right? Honestly, you know it should be done. See, it should just be nil. So you're going to the Kimmel, Kimmel Bowl in LA. Here is everybody gets thousand bucks because you're representing this. You wear the stifle. Is stifle what is stifle? Is that a clothing clothing operation? Are you familiar with Stifle? Because it's a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl presented by Stifle, which looks like to be okay. So it is a diversified global wealth management and investment banking company focused on building relationships that help individuals, families, and dot dot dot. Blah. Give them some stock. That's all. Like, sure, get a finance job. It is the seventh largest full service investment firm. Give them free um free investment advice for six years. I don't know. Is that there a good go. deal to get them started when they inevitably find their tr- pro career that's not in football? Unless you're Jay Kaner and some other guys. But Saturday, December 17th, 12.30 Pacific on ABC, over-the-air TV, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle, I will say. Fresno State against Washington State. Bulldogs are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, Matt. 52 over-under. Inglewood, California, SoFi Stadium. 
does Washington have wide receivers to play? Do we start there? Are they? I think they have some opt outs. I believe, if I'm correct, they they wide do receivers. have some opt outs. Um, a lot of opt outs, a lot of transfer departures. Um, you know, you mentioned wide so, receivers, but this that's true on both sides of the ball, and we'll we'll talk more about that in a moment. We could start with the, where do you want to start? Two, well, I think it is. I think it is noteworthy to start with the wide receivers, Dijon Stripling and Donovan Ollie, because both of those guys hit the portal almost immediately after the regular season ended. That's ninety four catches and nearly eleven hundred yards between them. And seems like a lot. Yeah, and granted, you know, Washington State is one of those teams that you know hasn't shied away from being a pass first team throughout the year. You know, in terms of like run rate over expected, um, you know, the, <laughs> you know, we talked about it, I think, before the championship game a week and a half ago with with regards to Fresno State, you know, uh, and maybe I'll bring it up again. Fresno State coming into this game has a rush rate over expected of negative of 8.1, which means they're basically throwing the ball 8% more than you would expect in any given situation. So that's 20th in the country at this point. Washington State, by that same measure, is second. With a with a okay. rush rate over expected of negative thirteen point eight, which is a long way of saying that like when they when they let Cameron Ward throw the ball thirty nine times a game, there's probably a pretty good reason why, and a lot of that was because he had a lot of different guys to throw to, but you know now Stribling is at Oklahoma State, um, you know Ollie I think is still waiting to see his you know his ultimate destination. You know, Renard Bell, another of their longtime veteran receivers, he's out for the rest of the season with injury. So now you look at as far as like experienced hands that they've had. And it's basically, you know, Robert Farrell and then a bunch of youngsters. You know, Lincoln Victor, for you know, who you may recall was a former Hawaii wide receiver. You know, a, a trio of freshmen, Leighton Smithson, Sion Nunnally, Orion Peters. You know, some of the, some or all of those guys are going to have to step up, and and then that and that's in addition to their star running back too, Nakia Watson, who maybe isn't quite as prolific out of the backfield as a pass catcher as as like let's say Max Borgi was a few years ago uh, when Mike Leach yeah. was running the air raid at Wazoo, but you know he saw a big workload increase down the stretch too. Like he had basically half of his catches on the year in the month of November. And so, you know, on paper, this would seem to be something that that favors Fresno State, where, you know, other than losing a couple of guys themselves on the secondary to the portal, you know, Kale Sanders Jr., who we talked about in our most recent podcast, uh, he officially landed at SMU today himself. But it would seem like the, the Bulldogs could have a substantial advantage just going up against a, a, a much less experienced wide receiver core now all of a sudden. Well, then you Got my awesome pick, Cam Locker. She's still hanging on, right? He's not. That's right. I'm just saying, they let him out with some picks. Five, he pick six, two in the title game. Yeah. Um, or sorry, not two pick sixes, but two interceptions, I should say. So that'll be like him going up against, like you mentioned, lesser guys or just okay, talent. Honestly, could be exactly the same. It's the experience of being a college football player at this FBS level. So they may have yeah, great it's... guys who are two or three, but they just. uh but they're just not the guy. Their talent could be there because it's like the Rose Bowl last year, Utah played or uh, stayed much different talent level, but Marvin Harrison Jr. never played, lit up Utah's defense. But also Utah had a running back playing safety or, or defensive back. But it could be guys yeah, who are I just mean, talented, just don't have the skill set quite yet. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say too, like you, I, I say on paper, it would like they, yeah. it would look like they would have an advantage, but you know, and I'll pose this to you, sort of rhetorically and sort of literally. Have you seen some of the tape on Cameron Ward? A little bit, not a ton. He's not. Like, he didn't live up the hype. He, he didn't record at plays. Like he, he, he wasn't. Can. He wasn't quite as explosive as he was at at UIW. And I think that's maybe one of the most curious things about the season, because on the one hand, he did get much better as the year progressed about taking care of the football. Like in, yeah, in four August games, for example, you know, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, so, I remember in October, Heisman hype, like a uh, slowdown, guys. Well, OK, so uh, the only reason I would have disagreed at the time is that he was a Walter Payton Award finalist last year. Well, I mean, there's hype there. I'm like, I wasn't buying like, I wasn't saying it wouldn't be that good, but people like he's a dark horse, which he would have been an extreme dark horse for the team he plays for and making him. That's why I might might say he's not a good player, but when people, there was a lot, but there's a little bit of buzz. Oh, you bring your coach over here who, which we'll get to a minute because he's not on the move again to North Texas. But I'm just saying it would have been a big, it would have been kind of an improbable run to get to do what he did if he were to be a finalist for first Washington State, second. The FCS to FBS big jump. Nobody's had that type of move. The closest guy ever hit closest when Steve McNair literally should have won the Heisman at Alcorn State years and years ago, but he was even mm-hmm. playing at the FCS level. It's like there's guys who make that big of a leap typically aren't in that conversation. You have like Vernon Adams, they tried years ago. Um, some other guys too, but no, I'm not, I'm not putting him down by a stretch. I'm just saying that was there was some buzz behind him, and he it was, it was a to me, it was impossible for him to live up to, even though he still had a really good season. Yeah, I mean, you might be right about that, and and he did improve in some respects. Like his his touchdown totally. to interception ratio in the first month of the year was two to one. You know, ten TDs, five INTs. In October, it was seven seven to three, seven TDs, three interceptions. In November, it was six and zero. Getting better, figuring things out. That's what that shows me. But, but his completion yeah. rate went down by month by month as well. You know, in the first month of the year, went from so basically went from sixty nine percent to sixty two point four to sixty one point one. So like, still good, settled off, but not man. necessarily what you might call elite. Well, and think of it maybe, too. Maybe. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, think of it too. Non conference, still the conference play, step up, stepping up a level. So something I had to give. He okay wasn't complete his main pass, but also wasn't making his main mistakes. Like as yeah. for completion, interception wise, so. But I think, you know, most interestingly, and, and I don't know what to make of it for this game in particular, his yards per attempt went down throughout the year as well, from 7.3 to 6.9 to 5.8. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. So so by way of comparison, like, you know, I, I, I wrote this in, in my game preview that, you know, he... You know, he both ironically enough, both he and Jay Kaner were two of the seven quarterbacks down the stretch in November with zero interceptions on at least 100 pass attempts. But at the same time, he had only seven plays of over 20 yards through the air. So they have not been quite as explosive as as Fresno State has been. Just for, for the sake of comparison, Jay Kaner had like 17 such plays in November. Yeah. But so, also, their head coach is a defensive coach, but then again, they brought in the incarnate word coach to BDOC, and they kind of hoped it would do what Rolovich yeah. and Leach did years before. 
Yeah, so they haven't been quite as explosive. And I do think that's going to be one of the big challenges for this game is with so many new hands that are going to be taking on so many more reps, you know, which of those guys is going to be the one to step up and help Ward stretch the field? Because, you know, even with, you know, David Perales still kind of sort of on the mend, I know there was video of him out there today uh, we're recording this on December 14th of him practicing, I believe, without a brace. So I would Positive take that brace. to mean that that he will be um, probably much more available than he was in the title game uh, on you know, a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But Ward is good enough to extend plays and and find the open man and and, and frustrate the defense that way. So... I think there's going to be a lot of things that have to go right for Fresno State to sort of stay one step ahead of, of Ward in this Cougars offense. I think they can. With those losing those big guys, big receivers, it's going to be an area where it's going to Fresno State's defense is good, but not great. But they, but also they lose one of their best defenders as well. So, And then if, depending on what you mentioned, paralysis uh, availability, it'll be – it's almost not a wash, but it's, I'd still favor Fresno State for – a little bit because they still have Lockridge. You still have a couple other guys out there. It's just still going to be well, I think the... interesting how it, how it plays out with new players out there. It's like every bowl game we talk about is going to have this because I'm like, wait, who's playing? Who's not playing? Like the Nevada bowl game last year was a complete mess when Jay Norvell left. It was crazy who was not there. They're like no coaches. Yeah. Well, I think just as big of an issue for, for Washington State's offense is they're also dealing with some key injuries as well. And especially on the offensive line, you know, they have – you know, they had rather one of their offensive linemen, Jarrett Kingston, who I, if memory serves, he was either, I believe he was a first team or second team all conference type of player. And, you know, he was knocked out for the year in mid November and they've had a hard time replacing him, um, you know, in their rivalry game against Washington a couple weeks ago. Like they gave up six sacks in that game, you know, between him and Maake Fafita, you know, who, he hasn't been knocked out for the for this season, but he's definitely been slowed by injuries in the second half of the year. He's a key swing man who's started games at both guard and tackle for the Cougars. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that kind of late shuffling and, and the elevation of young guys into the starting lineup, you know, guys like Christian Hillborn, Jack Wilson, guys like that, it's it's posed more of a challenge to to give Ward the time that he needs to make plays as well. And so I have to imagine. And that's that's part of the reason why the, the offense as a whole hasn't been quite as explosive. Like they've been sort of navigating it on uh, on the offensive line, and that's why I think like if Paralysis is back, that's going to cause a potentially big headache for Washington State. Definitely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's go to the other side of the ball because Washington State has their own defensive opt-outs. Like, they, oh, uh, yeah. Dayon Henley, Dayon Henley, excuse me, they, I thought, I didn't, sorry, Dayon Henley, yeah. I was going to say, Dayon, so I was going to say Dayon, I'm like, no, it's not Dayon, like, stumble later. Dayon Henley, he's good. How would you feel about this? Your player, he's a middle linebacker, NFL prospect, not playing, just to, which I don't blame anybody if they want to play. It's not important technically for NFL prospects and everything. If you want to get that high traffic bonus contract, how would you feel if he was, he, cause he's going to be on the sideline assisting. It's whatever manner he's able to do. Would you want that guy there? Or would you be like, you're out yeah. of here? Like how would you, I'm just saying like at a, a teammate point standpoint or coach, like you're not playing. Are you really with us? I always find that kind of weird. I, I'm always conflicted. I'm like, well, yeah, he's on the team. I get why you're not playing there, but it'd be better if you're out there. Is there resentment? Is there a little, this or that, it's like, dude, business decision. Everybody, everybody understands the game. The, the, the I know, game but in the game, you don't like it though, do you? I'm just saying, I could be. I mean, I'm sure little, it's fine. I don't think anybody cares. Everybody's there for the same reason. I know. I'm just curious what your thoughts on it. I'm. I can see guys being a little miffed. I was like, dude, come on. But then again, it's like I think it's what, fine. Well, I'm saying it's fine, but I'm just you never know. There's I think the more the thought. more interesting question is how do you feel? How do you feel if you're a Nevada fan? <laughs> exactly. Watching Henley thrive like that this year. I know. It's like, oh man. Or Solomon Bird or other guys or Javon Holiday or different teams within the conference. Um, but also like I did we did a QA. You asked the question, so I'll go through a couple of these with um from kookfan.com 24-7 website with the mostly obviously recruiting those guys. We I don't get his name right. What's his name? Sorry, apologies. Uh Barry Bolton chat with us about it. A couple of guys out. So we mentioned Henley. That's uh Francisco how do you say it? Mayoga? Uh, Mabioga, yeah, Mayoga. Okay, so he thinks he's the biggest departure because he broke out. Here's kind of what he said. Here's a little response to when you asked him the question. Um, he broke out the season second year and with two other linebackers out for the bowl game, shorthanded enough, and so it's like Kyle Thornton could be there. Ben Wilson, special teams guys are moving in. You have a freshman. He mentioned Hudson Cedarland, bright future, played sparingly this year. Jordan Lee, like a safety who could be stepping in to make plays. This this could end up being like honestly like a big Jordan Mims game if these linebackers are out. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking about like and and I I, I think of PFF grades as being sort of a catch all, but Maoyoga and Henley were the second and third rated, third highest graded rather linebackers in the entire Pac-12 this year. Pretty good. It's not bad. And, and oh by the way, the, you know Travian Brown also in the transfer portal. Oh, so that's right, correct. So that linebacker unit has been absolutely gutted. And you're talking about like, you know, really productive guys. Like, you know, Diane Henley had you know, led the team with 12 TFLs. Maui Yoga had five and a half. Brown had five. 
you know, and, and they accounted for a not insignificant part of, of Washington State's pass rush too. Like they didn't, they don't have a Perales type guy on their unit because as a team, they only had 29 sacks. Henley accounted for four, Mawioga had three and a half, you know, Trayvon Brown had one and a half. So it's it's definitely something that the Cougars are going to be hard pressed to replace. And I think, you know, that's going to be another one of the biggest keys for this game is how much of a pass rush can they generate to take advantage of a Fresno State offensive line that themselves have been sort of up and down this year. Like we just saw it in the title game that they got off to a slow start in part because Boise State was able to get pressure on Hainer early in the game. And that's and so, like offensive line issues for Fresno State, if those guys are out, Give Fainter time, oh boy, it's gonna be a blowout potentially if, if he gets all the time world to find proper to find all these guys out there catching the ball. It's like that could be uh this could be like a lot more points for Fresno and not many for Washington State. Like yeah, maybe, but, pre- but at the same time, it, it could also be that you know Washington State is able to assert some of its own straights on the front. Like they have, you know, despite the the all of a sudden questions at linebacker, they've got a pretty good edge rushing trio. Bulldogs are going to have to contend with, you know, Brennan Jackson, team leader in sacks with five, with five, you know, him, Quinn Roth with three and a half, Ron Stone, another longtime veteran, had two sacks. Um, all three of those guys could get after it. You know, still like admit, you know, you think Ron Stone only had a couple sacks, but he also had 14 quarterback hurries, which was far and away the most on the team. Pretty good. The big question. And I, and I say whether or not they're able to take advantage of Fresno State's offensive line because, you know, while they have the talent to sort of, you know, make a lot of hay if they can, you know, get the upper hand, it is sort of an open question because, you know, the Bulldogs at this point, you know, they're dealing with a, a sack rate of 6.8%, which is actually below average now in the country, 79th overall. As a team, the Cougars have a sack rate right around the national average, 6.3%, 63rd overall. But if you actually look at how it broke down on a game-by-game basis this year, you see that there's a big difference between when they played well and, and, and when they weren't able to get to the quarterback as often. And it has everything to do with quality of competition. Because totally. they played, because they played five games against fellow Pac-12 teams that were ranked this year, and in none of those games did they manage more than one sack. You know, by contrast, they had six against Idaho, seven against Colorado State, four against Arizona State. So the question for this game is, you know, while no one is going to confuse the Bulldogs with an Oregon, with a USC, or anybody like that. How close are they to those strong Pac-12 teams in terms of their ability to protect Hainer? Because if if they're if they're like a seven out of ten, then it could be the kind of game that you know Fresno State outlasts Washington State in a shootout of some sorts. And if it's not, it could end up looking a lot like last week's game. I let's flip another way. But like, okay, we mentioned the pass rush and stuff like that. What do you mean last week? You mean the Mount was title game, correct? Last recent yes, couple yes. weeks ago? Okay. So look at the Pac-12. Like, what is I know Fresno played Oregon State, so there's a couple common opponents. Because when Washington State played Oregon State, it was a 
Fresno, Fresno was kicking stupidly kicking field goals in that game. Um, they didn't both they both played USC. Obviously, Jake Kaner left in that game and didn't they got beat out pretty bad. Washington State lost as well. When you look at the offenses the two have played, because of a with the Hainer thing, like Oregon's offense, really good. USC's offense, obviously, really good. Utah's offense, well above average. Washington's offense, good. They did not fare well. They lose, they lose all those games. All the games they played that have went up against a good offense, better offense than theirs, were losing. Like they beat Stanford, okay. Yes. Arizona State, yes. Arizona. Arizona a little bit with DeLorean there, but Wisconsin, whatever, they're just rock fight 17-14. They lost Washington State. They beat up on a bad Cal offense. Like my point being that when they play an offense that's above average, they're not they're not hanging around, they're not winning that game. And I feel that's gonna be the same way here. Okay, so to your point, I will point out that in the seven games that they won, and this is sort of like shorthand for for I think what you're speaking to. Seven touchdowns, nine interceptions in the seven games that they won. 6.9 yards per attempt. In the five games that they lost, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, eight and a half yards per attempt. Yeah. But I, I would be careful not to dismiss the Cougars secondary out of hand. Because sure. while they will be moving some pieces around, like you mentioned Jordan Lee in, in passing a few minutes ago, you know, he started a handful of games at, at one of the safety positions this year. He's probably gonna play more linebacker in this one. But yeah, that's what they mentioned. Wazoo does have a fair bit of talent on the back end. You know, Chow Smith played, you know, sophomore cornerback, started all year long, was a an all-conference caliber type player. Um, you know, two interceptions, eight pass breakups, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, Sam Langford, longtime veteran back there. Um, you know, they have one of the nominees for the Pac-12's freshman of the year in Jalen Hicks at the other safety position. So they've got the guys to make Hainer pay for a mistake if they can force him into it. I do think it may end up being more of an even matchup than a lot of people might suspect. I mean, I think that both teams could give as well as they can get in this game. So what do you think is going to happen here? Like, what do the advanced numbers say? Okay. So, um, interestingly, all of the advanced numbers favor Washington State. Partly so because, plus, remind people, they don't include people not playing or injuries. And so yes. there's that to consider. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it does not. Which is it, hard. It, 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 <laughs> these systems have blind spots. You know, when, you, when you're measuring efficiency, you can't account for everything with a formula. So just to put that yeah. out there. Yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, SP Plus favors the Cougars by 6.6, 65% win probability. Uh, FEI gives the Cougars uh, a 5.3 point margin over the Bulldogs. And uh, Parker Fleming at Stats of War on Twitter gives Washington State a 55.77% win probability projected margin. Very close, 30 to 28 for rounding off. Interesting. Uh and over under is it, it's it's moving wild, wildly. It's now Fresno by three and a half, four points. Depends where you're at. I'm mm-hmm. going Fresno State. I think yeah. Like who's the best player in the in the field? Fresno. When you look at running quarterbacks, 
that's probably the cl- closer matchup. I think Jay Kaner. I think he's proven longer. Um, receivers, I think Fresno better offense. Uh, defense with Washington losing Washington State because we be losing opt outs and portal guys. Also, is there OC in this game? He's going to be the head coach of North Texas. Is, is Eric what, uh, what's his name? Eric Morris going to be coaching? Excuse me. Yeah, that's a good question. This game. That's a that's a good point there. Like, is he on his way out in Frisco? Because We'll talk about it in a minute when North Texas plays Boise State. And he, so it's like he's on his way out to be head coach. Like, what's he going to be doing? I'm trying to see here real quick from Cook Center if they mentioned anything, but that's something this happened, I think, what, yesterday on December 14th? Yes. That, yeah, last night. We're as we're recording here on Tuesday. Doesn't say what his status is, at least at the moment, but that's something to consider, consider as well. Like, what's his status for, for I'm assuming, would they be this close to the game? And North Texas also having to game the same the same day. Pretty sure he's gonna finish the weekend out at the bowl game. Yeah, I that haven't seen. Sense. I'm I'm doing sort of a cursory look. I haven't yeah, seen anything that says he wasn't going to, you know, finish the bowl game and that and then get to work at Denton. Yeah, I would assume with the game this week and they're both it's kind of finish out, I guess. But mm-hmm. my projection. Fresno State, I still think that Washington State will still put up some points. I did, uh, but I'm going to go. I was thinking like both get in the 30s, but now getting more into what Washington State's losing, I think it's going to be kind of a big win. I'm going to go 38 23 Fresno State. I think it's going to be a fun game. I hope so. I think both quarterbacks are going to put on a show. I do think both teams are going to get to 30, but I do think that Fresno State is going to be able to outlast Washington State in this one. I have the Bulldogs winning 38 to 31. 30 to 31. I was thinking that same way too, but that that makes sense. That's a good one. All right. So that right there is our Kimmel Bowl preview. 